this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now.
Hello everyone, this is CyberSmiley of CyberSmiley Datafort. Uh, we're presenting Tales from the Forlorn Dopes with my host, Wisdom. Hello everyone. Greetings, programs. So, uh, we'd like to thank uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored for hosting us. You can visit them at cyberpunkuncensored.com. Um, Yay, Rob! Yay, Rob! Uh, so, big news. 1.2 and 1.221 just made the scene. Um, we're kind of talking a little bit about that before the show. Um, so, what do you... I know you haven't done too much of the gaming, but uh, any thoughts on 1.2? It cleared stuff up. Looks like it fixed everything. Got rid of the glitch, uh, some of the some of the more beneficial glitches. Not too happy about that, but uh, driving's better. Um, the game overall plays better. I'm not getting uh, a lot of the weirdness that I had been experiencing. Um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, uh, less and less crap for whiners to bitch about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, I, well, the whiners are going to bitch about all the uh, basically fixing their glitches, uh, like you know the the exploits that I'm sure some of the people have I mean, been. Thing used I just bitched about, yeah, yes. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm painting my duplication glitch back. Damn it! Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of things that I liked. Um, I think they didn't do enough. Especially like with crafting, yes, you can craft. Uh, needs to turn his mic up a bit, Derek. There's a quest to turn up oh, your mic. Um, I can see. Yeah. I don't know what I can do about that. Let me. I can try to uh, boost your mic as well, on my end. I mean, I'm running this through my phone, so there's not. Is that a little bit better, Capricious? If Derek, if you want to talk a little, I do want to talk a little. Actually, I want to talk a whole lot. I just want people to hear me. Is that any better? I got about a six-second delay, so <laughs> I'll, I'll learn whether or not it's successful or not soon enough. Um, but anyways, yeah. So <laughs> lots louder. Hey guys. Uh, so we got Capricious oh, yeah, we Nature go. in the chat, Vampire Bites, and Digital Craze. Thank you for joining us, guys. Um, so, like I was hey, saying... you've got an audience! Yay! They're, the, the crafting, um, to me, they kind of got enough. Um, but when it came to the, the uh, multi... Uh, crafting part, I think they didn't do enough, right? Because all they do for the multi-crafting is either your your health uh, boosters, um, ammo, and grenades. And the thing I really use crafting a lot for is the mods. Um, 
to try and produce as many as much mods as I can mainly because I the uh, higher level mods you can actually use lower crafting material to generate uh, higher crafting material as it were which luckily they haven't uh, cheesed that out yet but yeah um, crafting at this point in my games is uh, kind of a secondary thought for me and uh, I never like I never run out of ammo so I've never had to craft ammo before Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I've had to, um, I usually craft ammo when I start getting low, especially if I'm, like, in the middle of a mission. I've, I've never gotten low. I Ammo is so very plentiful. <laughs> I just, uh, it's always there. Yeah, there's there's certain weapons, like, uh, like handguns usually last a while. Um, the crusher, if you have a crusher. And you go into a you longer know, mission, that will suck up your ammo um, real quick. Two of my characters are, are heavy melee builds. Like my my main character, my nomad, he's he's a punchy punchy and use a knife kind of guy. Whereas my corporate ninja is obviously like a katana kind of guy. So that's a reason. That's probably the real reason why I just never run out of ammo uh, with the. With the Street Kid Nomad or the Street Kid Netrunner, she's probably going to see some issues, <laughs> uh, especially since I'm going to gear her up to using like big honking heavy weapons and stuff. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I can see, I can see how that's how that's going to, you know, impact impact the game there. Um, yeah, with like shotguns, so a normal double barrel shotgun, or or even the you know, the four shots. Uh, there are two shotguns that will definitely suck up ammo real quick. <laughs> First is a crusher because it's on auto load and you get 12 shots and that thing just rocks. And then there's the... I love the crusher so much. Yeah. And I mean, the crusher is my favorite shotgun from the from 2020. Uh, just because it... The original image of the, of the crusher is the... Uh, is the gong from Appleseed. Right. Like, basically just the image was traced. Um, and yeah, you give me a handheld shotgun with a detachable magazine, oh my god. And then there's that, what, the, is it the eight-shot shotgun? So it's got four reloads and shoots eight pellet or eight uh, shots. What is it? Yeah, the, that's nice. Bazing or something like that. It's like a smart shotgun as well. I love that shotgun. That is it's good stuff. One of my fun shotguns because you just like as soon as you target someone. I'm not sure how you make a smart shotgun. I guess. But... Well, look up that shotgun and play around with it on one of your characters. Um, you'll love it. <laughs> just to see eight shots just come out of this thing and like zone in on one one of the uh, opponents um, and just takes them out. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. It's beautiful. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's beautiful. Ah, the Bazing something or other. At, at least the, the legendary version of it is called Bazing. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, this episode we're actually going to be 
first talking about the NPCs and probably getting into, which of course will lead us into kind of the fluff of uh, the game. So NPCs wise, um, so let's talk about the uh, <laughs> the big ones, right? The the Cyberpunk twenty twenty carryovers of Rogue, Johnny, Alt. Uh, I mean, basically anybody who was ever given a name in Cyberpunk 2020 is somehow still alive and still young. <laughs> Except or Morgan. at least relatively young. Uh, well, no, we just don't know what's happened to Morgan yet. He apparently hasn't decided whether he's going to be dead or alive. But he's there. He exists. Yeah. I, I, assume, I assume the original plan for Morgan is that he's going to show up in DLC. Uh... But it is kind of weird that they've written Johnny Silver... Basically, Johnny Silverhand, in telling his story, has personally taken over the Morgan Blackhand parts as well as his own. Yeah, which... I don't know. I don't know. I still don't have... Not sure how I feel about that, but... Um, again, I, I, the problem with this game is it is a computer game, and and I see it as that, right? It's It's a separate... It's separate from tabletop, right? Um, sure. And what they had to do to make a computer game isn't necessarily going to work with what you have on the tabletop, even lore-wise, right? Because I think they were trying to create it. And I think from the way they tried to create this story, right, of Johnny taking over you and, oh, FYI, there's going to be spoilers. Johnny's alive. <laughs> and he takes you over. <laughs> Um, so many spoilers. And, and if you've made it into our third episode and you're still surprised by spoilers, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. You should yeah. probably just <coughs> relax and enjoy it. And then trying to explain Johnny and also pull in all the lore from 2020 and from you know the, the source of the tabletop game. I. Th and, and you you see it in movies, right? When when you read a book and you watch a movie, and you're like, okay, that character is like f all these five other characters rolled into one, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that, from a story wise, is kind of it, it's a difficult transition, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a shame that because <laughs> uh, they do talk about Morgan Blackhand. Um, yeah, I mean, very briefly, but he gets like. Four or five, like, solid mentions throughout the game. Um, so he's there. He's out there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, um, you're right. Vampire Raish is is definitely dead. Or at least his meat is dead. He's Raish Bartmos. I don't necessarily trust that, like, his consciousness isn't still out there downloaded somewhere. And, and that body was I in... Mean, if, if Johnny Silverhand can live... Um, Raish is out there. Oh, definitely. I mean, he is the king of uh, the net, you know. So, yeah, he'll he'll make his own version of Soul Killer and do it better, maybe, and bring himself into the world with his soul. Um, but that body seemed very, very fresh for fifty years of rotting in a in a yeah. <laughs> I mean, container. there was still ice in that fucking thing, like. What kind of ice is that? And how does that work? But there we go. Yeah, and I think the 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 writers and I, and I noticed some editing issues. It it 
gave the there I forget I'm trying to remember what NPC told about this, but the way they talked seemed like they were talking about something that happened twenty years ago, which would have been in twenty twenty. Yeah. But it's been fifty years. <coughs> um Well, I mean they talk about Raish dying in, in one of the supplements and I wanna say it's uh Firestorm it's happened around yeah, it's supposed to have happened around twenty twenty five or something like that. Twenty um, well the venture so the twenty twenty three, right, when the nuke happens is the same time that um Bartmos got aced. Yeah. <coughs> um so it would have been around that time. Um but you never know. I mean, the, right? So they've been retconning a lot of things. Um, even even Cyberpunk Red retconned uh, Yori Nobu, right? So in, in the Firestorm supplements, they talked about how how the players found a, basically a soul-killed soul version of Yori Nobu uh, that K... Yeah. That Kay basically oh, had yeah, Yori Nobu right. killed. You are totally right. I had forgotten about that completely. And of course, they um, retconned it in red, saying that, oh, well, it was actually a duplicate or, or an imposter, right? Yeah. So to me, it's like, okay, if you soul kill them, that means you have their consciousness, which means you can look at their memories. And if their memories don't match up with what Kay remembers, he's going to be like, yeah, this is not my, <laughs> my brother. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of that kind of thing going on. There is a lot of uh, weirdness involved in all these 2020 characters that uh, really don't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, and I think Vampire Bites brought up Shiten, good, good, uh, um, which is good. Go ahead. Well, Vampire Bright. Uh, brings up that you know red retcon some things to be 2077 right because and i agree with that right so they're trying to gear it towards the 2077 um oh absolutely 100 percent uh red like kind of had to fall in step with 2077 um because that's where everybody's going to be coming from I mean, everybody new to the new to the tabletop game is going to be coming from Red or from twenty seventy seven. So, yep, that's just the way that has to work. So to go further uh, on with uh, some of the NPCs, because I think that we want to talk about, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, and uh, I know both of us can go on and on. Um, so, what do you think like of? Gonna... Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Finish your thought, and then we'll move on to. Uh, oh no! I was just going to say, like Shiten is, uh, like they just turned him into a normal, regular solo when he's the, that dude's an armor jock. He's supposed to be running around in powered armor, and there is no powered armor in the game that they have shown us. Yeah. Instead, we get all these weird mechs that. I guess there's kind of powered, like there's. It's not really powered armor, but some of the psychos get a uh, exoskeleton. They get, yeah, but I I don't know. It, it's like a combination of exoskeleton uh, power armor, right? Because they have those shields it's, and they have the you know the weapon. It's um, like they've it, yeah. It's like they've they're wearing a linear frame from twenty twenty that they've just bolted armor to, 
and some some weapon mounts. Uh, yes. I, I, basically, it's the power loader from Aliens. Yeah, and, and not to get off subject, but from my vision of what linear frames were, it, you know, Elysium, that movie basically had that to me is a linear frame in which you yeah have that was that was a some metal on the outside frame. you know um, versus what they have with the cyber psycho which is not necessarily you're fully encased but it's bigger than a linear frame you know it's like a hybrid between the two yeah <clears throat> um, so what do you think of Rogue and her appearance in this uh, I mean Rogue has always been one of my favorite like. I don't actually care for many of the uh, of the Cyberpunk 2020 like iconic NPCs. Rogue is one of the ones that I always really liked, and they made her look like she's slightly aged, but even in the flashback, she looks pretty much exactly like she did in the in the in her original artwork. Yep, and I very much appreciated that. I, I love me some nomad chicks and some solo chicks and. She hangs out with Nomad Santiago. She's his partner. It was weird that he got so shafted by the whole thing. Like, he appears as 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 Rogue's partner, wearing like a weird, goofy poser outfit. Like, he doesn't look like a nomad at all. He uh, he oh. looks like a roadie for like Motley Crue or something. He looked like Saul, just in different clothes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Sal's his 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 stuff looked used, and that's the thing. That's to me, that's the defining feature of a nomad is their shit looks heavily used and worn. Uh, whereas, I don't know, was he wearing like tiger stripe pants or something yeah. like that? And they were all yeah. He just he looked weird. He didn't look like he didn't look like how I had pictured Nomad Santiago. Well, I, I'm wondering if I if... mean he obviously with my love of. In nomads are now, but my wondering is if the designers, artists, kind of like like took okay, we're in twenty seventy seven. Okay, let's take fashion of the eighties and how it would look in twenty twenty three, right? And, and change it up to kind of I, implement I get that, it there. Except for most of those iconic, for everybody that appeared in the actual 2020 source book that got mentioned in the whole never fade away little side story adventure thing they pretty much made their characters look 100% as close to the original artwork as they could like alt looks just like alt johnny looks well johnny looks like keanu silverhand <laughs> or keanu reeves but that's keanu silverhand i like that that much money you yeah um but yeah, Rogue looks just like Rogue. Alt looks just like Alt. I mean, Raish's corpse looks like Raish's corpse. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, uh, Santiago gets gets shafted on the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I just face-wise, he looks pretty much the same. I just... Yeah, the original artwork is what cemented my love. I mean, he looked Mad Max, and that's, that's what I want to see. It's just a small complaint that I'm bitching about endlessly for no reason. Yep. And what do you think of the uh, interpretations of their sockas in that family? Uh, you know, I mean, I thought it was really, really shocking 
that they introduce Saburo Arasaka as being still alive, and then they immediately kill him. Just, like, wow, right off the bat. Like, out of nowhere. That was really shocking to me. Like, he's generally... He's generally the big baddie. Like, he's the yeah. he's the Darth Vader... Not even the Darth Vader. He's the Emperor. Yeah. Um, and instead, I guess... Yorinobu, who I'd always seen as being, like... I mean, sure, he's Arasaka's son, but he seemed fairly altruistic for cyberpunk. I mean, he was running around with basically a guardian uh, Bosuzoka gang um, in 2020, uh, and it just... It well, was weird. <clears throat> well, I think that the, the story arc of Yorinobu, right, was he tried to be the rebel, right? He tried to be the edge runner fighting against the corp. And he came to a res- revelation before 2077, even I think before even read, of I can't defeat this evil. I have to be, you know, I have to ingrain myself into the evil and seek a way to become the power of that evil. Sure. Because it's, it seemed like that whole thread af- at the end with all the various endings was... Um, not the Arasaka ending, but like the other couple of ones, it seemed like he was trying to bring another war between him and Militech, right? Um, to destroy Arasaka, right? It seemed like he was trying to make Arasaka go on a, a death, uh, basically a, a death journey into or yeah. a death fight to just finally destroy them i liked i liked hanako uh i liked the character progression in the in the 2020 era she is just this little wallflower she's totally innocent they've kept her isolated all her life she knows nothing of what's really going on in the world and you can still see some of that in in 2077 but she's definitely come into her own and her own may not be the person she wanted to be necessarily but she owns it yep and i don't know she was actually i really liked her as an npc she was complicated yeah and me that i think they all looked awesome for being 70 plus years old well yeah i mean that's that's the entirety of all the npcs like what the hell Rogue's really the only one who shows any of her age at all. Like the entire, uh, the the entire samurai band, Johnny Silverhand's cohorts, all look fresh as daisies. Yeah, yeah. Capricious Nature says Adam Smasher looks like a freaking boss. Um, he yeah, he does. Capricious, you are correct. Uh, Adam Smasher looks super badass, uh, like terrifying. Um, like that is a logical progression from you know where he was. Uh, his body was like in 2020. His body's like slightly customized, but it's still like a generic, um, out of the box body. Whereas in 2077, Jesus, dude, he is he's like a walking erector set of crazy. 
Yeah, actually, it was in a, a game with Mike. Um, it was actually the first game I, I played with uh, Mike Pondsmith. So yeah. <laughs> um, hey, if he usually shows up at this con up in uh, Massachusetts called TotalCon. Um, I think one year he kind of missed it. Uh, but I played with him in 2013 ish, 2014. Uh, and that's when he first started coming to that con, him and uh, Cody and the rest of RTG. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, and, and when he first came there, you know, uh, I played in a game with, uh, uh what the hell is her name? Mako not Makoshi. <laughs> Why am I thinking Makoshi? No. Um, who's, who's the, uh, youngest of their Arasakas? Mi Mika? God, I have it on the tip of my tongue. The one who's in charge um, of Danger Girl. Danger Girl, the comic book? No, so... Um, so what Mike did was, uh, the youngest, I think it's the granddaughter of Sabora. something from Edge Runners, Inc.? No, this is, this is in, uh, Arasaka. It's, um, the, the granddaughter of, uh, Saburo. Michuku? Mi Michoko. Uh, Michiko. Michiko, right. <laughs> so the game, I, I'm sorry if I'm going off on uh, off of uh, what we're talking about of 2077 but anyways Mijiko right our, our group was there to she we were hanging out in afterlife and Adam Smasher was there um, and of course none of the players really had too much cyberpunk knowledge so they didn't know who Adam Smasher was and I basically said do not fuck with that guy don't start any shit with him he will kill you and everyone's like, mm, okay, sure, we'll take your advice. And then, uh, bound and determined to fuck with yeah. that dude, just to, <laughs> and then, to prove my uh, own silliness. Yeah, Michuko um, came into the bar, and she was looking for, you know, uh, was it? Is she old enough to be in a bar? She's Arasaka. She can go where the hell she wants. I guess if, I guess if Mike's running the game, she yeah. can do, yeah. Um, yeah. but she wanted the taste of, uh, Night City, and basically we were, our group was there to, uh, give her a guided tour of Night City. It didn't end well. <laughs> well, it ended well for her, it just didn't end well for us. But anyways, yeah, um, so we got to meet Adam, Mike's version of Adam Smasher, and yes, he was definitely a, a Cold Stone killer there. Um, yeah, I mean, that dude is terrifying. Yeah. <clears throat> so, he uh, was basically created to be the antithesis of yeah. Morgan Blackhand. So, the other uh, main NPCs, so V's friends, right? So, we had uh, Jackie, um, uh, Vic, Victor, <laughs> and Misty. Uh, I, I liked Victor a lot. Um, Misty bugs me. I don't know why. She just annoys me. She looks too um, much like Pris. I mean, I don't mind that. I actually like that. Like, Pris is hot. But she just, like, her personality just... Like, for a chick who lives in Night City, she is, like, ridiculously naive. 
Come on. She's a granola uh, girl. That's, you know, like strength of character or whatever. I mean, there's, you're going to meet naive people. She is definitely a granola girl. She is going to... Uh, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Just, there's I not. just don't know what... See, I, I think I've been around a lot of uh, new age people, so she, she, to me, she's like, yep, there's definitely going to be those type of peoples and no matter what city you're in. I mean, I've gone to Little Fair. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> it's, it's cool. She just, I don't know, man. Her personality just irks me for some reason. So what do you think of Jackie as your compatriot? I think uh, Jackie's cool, except he's got the stupidest hair since Yolandi. Really? Like his hair, just I want to like I want to kill him just for his hair. Like him dying didn't bother me. But the fact that he's constantly, whenever you're having to do a mission with Jackie, he's constantly getting in your way and getting you killed. <laughs> just yeah, I hate Jackie to be honest. I like the concept of Jackie. I like the voice actor. I like. I like the fact that he's this giant lumbering hulk of a dude. Um, but in reality, yeah, he gets you killed a lot, and his hair is just just stupid. So I'll agree with you that, yes, he gets in the way a lot, especially during uh, the, the Maelstrom scenario. Oh, my God. He got me killed so <laughs> many times. Um as for his hair, I actually like it because it has this Aztec samurai type of look to it um, that I really enjoyed, right? And, and bringing it to this neo-future kind of blend of tribalism and just how I picture Night City as this just combination of past, future, various Did cultures you- just bashing together into this weird... Um, this weird, you know, new I'll, type I'll of culture. I'll tell you who his hair reminds me of. Did you ever read uh, Lone Wolf and Cub? Yes. His hair reminds me of Daigoro. <laughs> like I, I just, it. I look at him. I look, I look at his body, and he's like this freaking Hulk. And then I look at his face, and I'm just like, you look like an infant, dude. See, I, I, I'm picturing of. Because my wife is into Mesoamerica, so a lot of the the Mesoamerica art, the you know, and even some of the the movies like Apocalypto, right? Um, that yeah, hairstyle. I put that together until now, but you know, you, that actually makes a lot of sense. If that's what hey. they were going for, they they did a good job. I still think it looks dumb, <laughs> but I get the cultural reference. I mean, that's where I now saw. That you, pardon, now yeah. that you pointed out to me. Yeah, and, and that's where I saw it from, was like, oh, he's like Mesoamerican, because it wasn't, and at first I thought it was like, you know, the Samurai Top Knot, and then I was like looking at him, I'm like, no, it, it's kind of this weird blend it's, of um, the Mesoamerica, the Aztec, the Mayan, you know, type of look to it, and, and granted, you know, I'm sure you're not, <laughs> you haven't been exposed to that too much, where, you know, my wife is you know, really into it, so it, I, I think sure. it, it was one of those things that somebody who's not familiar probably is just going to be like, oh, this guy's trying to look like some weird type of new samurai. And and I think they might have gone with that, 
right, as, as a samurai top knot and kind of blended in the Mesoamerican part of it. Uh, yeah, I think um, that's, I think that that's, yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, that, like I said, it gives me a new appreciation. I hadn't seen it in that light before, and yeah. that, that makes sense. It still looks dumb to me. Like, it's always going to look dumb to me. And if you were to take me back to Mesoamerica, I'd be all like, you guys have stupid looking hair. <laughs> I'd say that to him too. Then I'd probably get sacrificed on a pyramid somewhere. Yeah. Blasphemy. But I, I'd stand by my, I'd stand by my words. Well, uh, there, there's a lot of other, you know, customs that the Mesoamericans had, like, you know, the, the lip piercing and the nose piercings. Oh, yeah. And the, the, you know, the severe piercings that they would do. Um, but, Anyways, uh, to me, so what do you think of, like, um, a lot of the community who who think that there wasn't enough Jackie, um, that there should have been um, more adventures to kind of build up that relationship between you and him? It would have been nice to have uh, the prologue focus more on, you know, you and Jackie's relationship. They could have They could have done more with that. I agree with that. Um, they could have definitely padded out the beginning of the game. Um, that is not... Uh, they give his impact... They treat his impact as being a lot more meaningful than it than you actually experience in the game. Um, you do two missions with Jackie before he before the thing happens and yeah on the third mission you do with him the thing happens yeah so there's not really a whole lot of like character growth as like a partnership yeah um i think from my point of view at least with uh the corporate run through like you guys are friends before the game starts yeah. Uh, whereas with the others, like you meet and then suddenly you're best friends. <laughs> well, I think with the nomad, you kind of build up this weird relationship with him, um, a lot better than Street Kid, right? Street Kid is just you, <laughs> you're confiscated by the cops, and all of a sudden you, you, he like takes a shining to you and in your best friends. Yeah, um, it's it's really the worst of the three introductions to Jack. Yeah, I, I think with that they should have. <clears throat> with the street kid, what they should have done is taken it, okay, the cops beat you up, take you to alley to try to kill you, and both of you guys fight the cops um, to get out of it, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're bloody and whatever, but you escape, and it's like, hey, you need a place to stay low or hang out low and, and kind of build up that relationship through that as opposed to that just, it, yeah, again, it was just too quick of an introduction to Jackie. Um, a lot of people think that, or, or chopping or chopping at the bit to get um, CDPR to actually do a DLC of more missions with Jackie uh, to kind of build up that relationship. But I, I would not want to see that. <laughs> I, I hate the idea of prequels in video games. I'm not a fan of prequels in, in movies. Um, but in video games, they're especially worthless because, yeah. like, well, you know your character's going to survive no matter what, so what's the point of this? Yeah, Capricious Nature says, uh, history teacher confirmed his hair was Mesoamerican, not Japanese, a poser. 
Well, there you go. <clears throat> Good stuff. Yeah. Um, Learn something new every day. I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I, but from my relationship with Jackie, I, I saw it as the game trying to make a connection very quickly. Because you see it in movies, you know, the, whether it's a montage or some other aspect in which a movie kind of sure. tries to build the friendship of a character to another character very quickly. In the and movie. in movies, it kind of works because the the movie's got a limited amount of time that you can explore that. Yeah, and in uh, video games, it just it just comes across as artificial, like more so than the nature of being a video game in the first place. It actually worked for me because I, you know, I've seen it in movies, and to me, you know, computer games are definitely an aspect of entertainment and storytelling that you try to build a quick relationship as quick as possible. Also, you're trying to cause a tragedy to happen very quickly and then get into the main story, right? And the main story is V's journey of trying to get rid of Johnny, right? Or or solve his problem. Here's the thing. They put such an emphasis on Jackie that I am really of the opinion that originally there was a lot more planned for him. And like so many things, when they got Keanu on board, they just rewrote all that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's my honest opinion. Uh, is when they brought Keanu, basically whatever storyline they had already had, they threw out. They tried to salvage as much of it as they could, but in the end, you go with the thing you paid all the money for. Yep. Yeah, so Capricious Nature says Jackie definitely seemed shoehorned into the intro. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so let's move on to. So I think I covered most of the main NPCs. I don't think I'm forgetting too many um, that you would kind of. Oh, Takamura. <laughs> Takamura is my favorite NPC in the game, bar none. I fucking love that dude. Right. That yeah. dude is the hardcore solo that, you know, represents hardcore solos. He is your corporate ninja, samurai, whatever. He's he's the dude. Yeah. Like, he's the guy you want backing you up at any given moment. Sure, his, his nose is stuck so far up uh, Arasaka's ass that he's smelling teeth, but that's his role. He's a, he's a samurai. He... <coughs> Like, serves his master with all his heart, all his soul. I wish he just had a better master. Because <laughs> Saburo yeah, is not, I mean, definitely. not the greatest person in the world. Well, I mean, eventually his master becomes... he. When Saburo dies, his master becomes Hanako. Uh, it takes a bit, but that's the way it goes. So he's super loyal to her. Um... It does not give his reaction to finding out that Saburo is still alive as a construct like Johnny. Mm. Which is kind of weird. There's some more spoilers for you. But, yeah. His, uh... Well, I, I think after the raid where he kidnapped Hanaku um, and he goes missing, I think he is actually brought back into Arasaka. Because after that mission, yeah. right, you, you kind of lose, uh, 
contact with him in the la and if you do save him during that raid mission um he does come back working for basically as Arasaka um yeah and I'm sure Saburo brought him back in and revealed to him oh yeah I'm still alive <laughs> I don't have a soul but then again I don't think Saburo ever had a soul so no um so so Capricious Nature says there's an Im- implication that um, he committed suicide uh, when it came to the, the, the endings in which you, you know, whether you do the Pan Am ending or the Rogue ending or you solo destroy Arasaka. So at the end, <clears throat> and that was one of the great things I loved about the game was in the ending the the kind of video the messages yeah, left on the your video messages you get voicemail uh, <laughs> from various people um so those endings you know you see ter- um if you do save uh takamura right he gives you the 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 message of talking about the samurai death poems and how beautiful they were and basically calling you you know piece of shit <laughs> for destroying Arasaka. yeah um, I don't, it, it, it implies that he, cause he's talking about the death poems. There's that implication. I never thought that he was implying that he was committing suicide as yeah. much as. Uh, I, I, I think he was thinking of it, right? Because his masters yeah. have been destroyed and as a samurai should do that. But I don't think he did, you know, um, Mainly because, yes, Arasaka was kind of destroyed, but Hanako still exists, right? And Hanako, you know, he he will still find a Arasaka master, whether it's Hanako or Michiko. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be loyal to her. He's not a masterless samurai. It just the master went to the air. Yeah. Um. So I think that's all the main NBCs that I can think of. Um, that's outside of love interests, right? And I, I think we've kind of discussed love well, interests in a way. We covered the love interests. Yeah. Um, so I think the next kind of NBCs would be our fixers, right? Um, yeah, so that makes sense. We have uh, Wakako, which I think is one of the best fixers out of the bunch. She... Uh She's definitely got the most going on as far as her importance in the game. Some of the, most of the other fixers are just they're just kind of there. They give you some jobs, but beyond that, they don't really they're not really important. Um, but Wakako is she's important. She has her hands in all the pots. Yeah. Um and then you had uh, what's her name, uh, Regina Jones. She was kind of a main kind of fixer because of the cyber psychos, cyber psycho missions, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I liked Regina. I didn't give her Skippy back. Fuck that. <laughs> but, well, uh, prior to the duplication uh, fix that they did, uh, you could actually give Skippy back and still retain him in your wall. Oh my god, I wish I'd thought of that. Damn. Yeah. Hate not I hate that mission not ever clearing off my thing. 
Like, I don't even care if I fail it, but I wasn't going to give Skippy back, but I hadn't thought of, like, making a duplicate and turning it in. Damn! Yeah. Curse yeah. you! Why would you even put that in my head now that I can't do it? You bastard. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the uh, other interesting fixer I had... I liked your little headquarters thing. Yeah. Um, Dude... To me, and and again, I think this gets into I like fluff, is just how messy everything is. Just like full oh, of yeah. junk and full of garbage. It's like, yes, the, when you go into the corporate, um, some of the corporate NPCs areas, yes, it's nice and clean, but even then, like, uh, what was it, Carrie's place. Yeah, he's a rock star. Oh, he's well, messy. Yeah, that's because he's a junkie. Yeah, but he's all, he has a maid. He has people to go and clean that stuff up. It bugs you me know? that when you get control of these places, like when they become your secondary safe houses, yeah, you can't clean them. That, that <laughs> me, OCD is looking at that place like, are you fucking crazy? Roaches running around on the floor. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, I think the other interesting uh, fixer would have been uh, Padre. I, I like that character. And wasn't he... Isn't he I a 2020 character? character? I want to say there's a um, fixer who was like this kind of pre ex-priest in Night City. Or, or in uh, 2020. The main book. Uh, it's It's possible uh yeah uh, padre abara uh i don't think they're the same character although i think he i think the i think padre is supposed to be like a reference to and there's Mm. a couple of those there's a there's a couple of characters who are clearly references to others and while i can't think of them off the top of my head uh if they get mentioned i will i will yeah um, but yeah, I think he's a, a reference to the character that shows up in the books. I don't think the names are the same. Yeah, uh, I like the I like the Nomad Fixer. I like her a lot. Um, the Padre's really dirty, though. Like he he has you do some. Like, all the really dirty missions come from him, even more so than Wakako. Like, he... Like, go kill this guy just because he kind of pissed me off kind of thing. Like, Jesus, dude, you're a fucking... You're a man of the cloth, motherfucker. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you expect him to be more of, like, a... A benevolent... Kind of fixer. Like, go help out, you know... Mother Jordan, the widow, and her 16 orphans. Um, but no, no, he's all like, go make 16 orphans for me. Yeah. Um, Dino didn't impress me. <laughs> Same with El Capitan. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, and Mr. Hands didn't, didn't care for any, I, any of those three. Like, their missions. I, th- I thought Mr. Hands. were okay, but. Yeah, I, but Mr. Hands had a little bit of character. Um. Which I like. Just in the whole, no, don't come visit me. Everybody else is all like, sure, come on, hang out. Dino's all like, well, or El Capitan's all like, fucking hanging out on the side of the highway somewhere. Like, how is this an office? Yeah, 
I like the dialogue in which I think you first are trying to get set up with uh, the Voodoo Boys. He's like, "Hey, I need some more deets," and you're like, "Hey, I don't want to give you any more deets." He's like, "Well, that's fucking helpful." Yeah, your car is making it so much more difficult on me. They're just gonna fucking kill you. Um, I I just thought that dialogue was was very humorous, which kind of endeared me to Mister Hands, um, as a character. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, the fixers. Um, so Olamain, sure, I'd consider him a fixer. He's just a really limited one. <laughs> um. Well, which version of Dolomain? Him or his children? Yeah. Uh, I like that, that mission. I like seeing all the, the weird, distinct personalities that he fra- that his cars fracture into. Um, I would have liked to have seen them take that a little bit farther. I know uh, if you do one of the... If you do it right, one of the cars retains a personality kind of and just talks to you every now and then, but it's not very frequent. Um, yeah, I think you have to, at the end of that all mission... All AIs in the game, to me, are really interesting, and I would have liked to have had more interaction with them all. Especially the soda machine. I liked the soda machine. <laughs> yeah, well, that Brendan. was inter- interesting one where, where Brendan and... Um, who is the girl he constantly... Uh, was kind of talking the, to the, the chick that hangs out. Yeah, talks about her son. Yeah. So in real, well, or the boyfriend. Um, in real life, oh, yeah, those those yeah. are husband and wife voice actors. Oh, that's awesome! I did not know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brendan was pretty funny. Um, Dolomain, for those who know who don't know, uh, what in order to get Dolomain to continue to talk to you you actually have to save his children as individuals and you'll get a car with one of the child which is the one I think you kind of talk to um, that'll stay within the car <laughs> Capricious Nature puts up oh good, Brendan <laughs> he puts a little tear <laughs> tear place on there <laughs> yeah that, that sucks that you couldn't have uh, saved him but then again, he's like, no, you idiot. I'm not an AI. I'm like, no. Yeah, he even tells you, no, I'm not an AI. You're an AI. Um, if you're able to do that, you're an AI. Yeah. Uh, capricious. <laughs> so other Assault NPCs, uh, whether they're opponents or other background characters, um, any of those kind of stand out to you? I like the Netrunner that hangs out in the afterlife. I, I liked him a lot. Um, I liked Victor a lot. Uh, I liked the relationship your character has with Victor, where he becomes kind of a surrogate father to you, or a mentor, as it were. Um, that's originally the role that I wanted Mike Pondsmith to take on. I wanted Mike Pondsmith uh, to come in as a voice actor and voice the mentor of your character. Kind of like... Uh, and, and do it best by doing it like a radio disc jockey, mm-hmm. kind of like Three Dog in uh, Fallout. Uh, was it Fallout Three or Fallout New Vegas? One or the other. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen Mike Spon- Pondsmith do that. He did come in and play a DJ, but it's it wasn't as interactive as I would have preferred. Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. 
Uh, well, again, he was working on Cyberpunk Red, so <laughs> his time yeah, was limited. I thought, oh, yeah, obviously. Um, just he's got such a distinct voice that I would have like utilized him fully if I were CDPR. Uh, yeah. He's got such a... Uh, he's He really has some of the most tender moments uh, of the NPCs that you come across. Um, and his voice acting, like whoever does his voice, does the voice for Victor is just really... He's really superb. Like, he nailed it. Um, so what do you think of uh, Gary and his uh, conspiracy quest? I I know everybody loves that quest. To be honest, I just I didn't get into it. Um I mean I did the quest, I I I'll do it again. But uh I've got a really, really short uh tolerance level for conspiracy theorists. Yeah. I know I play Cyberpunk twenty twenty, I should be like all open to it but no I, I am not a fan of conspiracy theorists I think especially kinda, when they're all wacky like yeah that. and they kind of try to hint that yes his conspiracy theories were there was some truth to it but the problem was as soon as you found out okay maybe he is telling the truth the quest ends you know yeah. and that whole storyline just falls apart which to me was just a, a I mean sad... I would have loved to have yeah and that's really what bugs me is like you can't follow up with it you can't it doesn't go anywhere it just ends and you get a couple of calls from him later on just to like just to rub like rub salt in that wound of like you will never get closure on whatever the hell is going on with this couple yep um, I'm sure that I'm going to mentioned something that I'm sure is going to be very near and dear to your heart is uh, the Nomad family with um, Saul and the whole crew there. I mean, that yeah, that is absolutely near and dear to my heart. And I mean, I saved all that stuff uh, as much as I could. I, I drug out those missions. I... I I liked every single one of those people. I I like Saul. I think Saul is doing what he thinks is best for the Nomad community. Um, regardless of he and Rogue getting into it. Um, you mean Pan Am. <laughs> and this, or yeah, Pan Am, sorry. Uh, regardless of he and Pan Am like, disagreeing on so much, their hearts are both in the Nomad community. They're looking out for their peoples. They really got the nomads right, and that's what I was worried about is uh that they wouldn't um, I was actually like truly surprised by how much attention they gave the nomads in cyberpunk, seeing as how they're kind of i don't know they're just it, 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 it was really surprising to me well, they did have their own source I expected spark. the game to basically be nothing but city shit. Yeah, I mean, they did. Uh, they're one of the core character classes. and But with all the, with all the corners that CDR, CDPR was cutting as far as, you know... 
true mechanics and like faithfulness to uh faithfulness to the core mechanics of the game um which they didn't bother to emulate at all uh it really surprised me that they would go as far as they did with the nomads as opposed to just making the game take place entirely inside a big city and i know some people are actually upset about that those people can blow me (laughs) um yeah i love me some nomads yeah and um I, I definitely love the NPCs because I kind of was uh, replaying it recently, um, like uh, Riders on the Storm and some of the uh, Nomad uh, quests, and you know Mitch Cassidy, and and even just starting up that romance with uh, Pan Am and having Cassidy, you know, hey, I hope you guys have success, but if you break her heart, I'm gonna freaking kill you. <laughs> Or, or the family's yeah. going to come after you. And, and just how, you know, the interaction with Mitch um, kind of, I don't know, it, it seemed like <clears throat> it kind of pulled me towards, especially with the ending of, okay, yeah, I want to go with the Nomads. I don't want to take the Arasaka route. I don't want to storm the castle with, with Rogue. I want to be with friends and, and people who appreciate me and everything yep. I've done for them. So I, I definitely see that as them trying to tell a story of how nomads are really more of a family. Um, because they could have gone the other way of, you know, it, it, uh, reinforcing the the concept of a nomad in the beginning of, hey, all of them are just, you know, raiders and and wraiths and and ambushers and killers and they just rule the the wastelands right like like the mad max um bandits like all nomads are supposed to be raff and shiv and they're all like no that's that's not what it is yep Um, um honestly i think like the nomad community it's it's the most like working with them is when you feel the most heroic. Yeah, uh, for the most part, and that's—I mean, I like feeling like a hero when I'm playing a role-playing game. Yeah, I mean, it some definitely. People, some people want to be villains. I want to be a hero. It makes you feel like you're doing something for the better, not yeah, just you know any type of self-centeredness or, or hey, yeah, I just care about the money or or whatever. But you're doing it for the family, for a community. <laughs> Definitely like that. I mean, I get that, you know, originally the way V is written, he's supposed to kind of be a little bit of a, a little bit of a sociopath, a little bit self-absorbed and shit like that. But the thing is, if that's who my character is, I don't care if he lives or dies. I want to care if my character lives. That makes the whole game worth playing to me. Yeah, and I think that's um, what the... So, yeah. Why the whole... And I can turn around and I can play... Like my corporate ninja is nowhere near as benevolent as my nomad character. And, uh, and I think the, the 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 whole that whole aspect of the nomad family and how tight they are and, and portraying that kind of made that romance with Pan Am a little more significant versus like the the, the romance with Carrie. He has nobody. Yes, he has old band members, but they kind of drifted away and aren't really still part of his life, you know? Or you have 
um, Judy, who basically lost everybody uh, throughout the whole adventure, except you. Um, I mean, I've said it before, of all the romance uh, options you get in the game, Pan Am is by far the most altruistic. Yeah, no. Everybody <laughs> else... I still disagree with that I mean, one. River, River kind of comes in close behind her. Yeah. Uh, but with River, it's it's really a personal issue. <clears throat> like it's all about his 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 little nephew and whatnot. Yep. Um, River or Pan Am, like she's genuinely she's trying to help her family. I mean, sure, she wants you to go get her car for her, but you know, I'll kill a motherfucker for my car too. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the nomad thing. Your car is your identity. Yeah, and I, I said this uh, in the previous episode with Pan Am. Is so I say, yeah, I, I would agree to you, except that one point in the end story when basically you're trying to have a very difficult talk with her about, yeah, I'm about to freaking well, die. She thinks you're breaking up with her. I, I get I that. Get that she's pissed off. She doesn't know that you're dying. I, she I, thinks you're gonna break up with her. I, I get that, but still, it's it's just one of the one of those yeah. people who reacts too quickly before listening. Um, which, again, it's a pet peeve of mine, you know, and it doesn't matter sure. if it's... No, pers- I get that completely. Um, I mean, I have an irrational hatred of Jackie's haircut, so I get yeah. it. And that just, like, loved her, loved her. Yes, she's very emotional, very passionate, love that. And then just that was like, whoa, I've dated a person like this. I do not want to be anywhere near a person like this ever again. Um, I I think capricious if they put in a, a nomad market. Um, yeah, I would have been over fucking joyed to see something I created show up in the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that would have made me a very very happy boy. Anything, any kind of reference to me or my site, I would have been happy with. They, do. I didn't. If they, if it exists, I haven't found it. I think we're we're far enough into the uh, this uh, stream to basically say that I, I'd like to say that a lot of uh, the people who got attention for being part of cyberpunk or, or whatever was basically uh, YouTubers. Um, if you were yeah, a YouTuber I'm, beforehand, mm. the the CDPR and even Artalsorian loved you because you are the trendsetter. You know you are. You are one of those people. I am not going to say anything about that on the podcast because I don't have anything <laughs> to say about it. Um, it's just a, 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 you know, and again, it was one of those things that I think. And speaking, it's influence and free yes, advertising for influencers. Yes, that that was the word I was looking for. There was a lot of influence. My opinion of anybody who calls themselves <clears throat> an influencer in the first place is already about as low as it can get, but. <laughs> Yeah. And I think for right, for that's me, the last and, I'm saying about that. And I think for me and well, for me and Derek, I think we we may have been kind of influencer, but I think we were the old guard, right? Which um, I wasn't. I wasn't ever doing anything to try and influence anything. I was just putting out material because it's what I enjoyed, and I thought maybe other people would dig it too. And you have, and you, I know you've influenced people, and I know I've influenced people. Um, so uh, we, I mean, I never tried to monetize it, or <clears throat> yep. And I, I I tried not to ever let it give me a swelled head, even in situations where you know 
yeah, people that, are telling me they're fans of my work. And I think that was part of the community back in the day is, hey, we're just going to put stuff out there. You can like it. You cannot like it. Doesn't matter, right? We, we're, we're just pushing it out there. If you enjoy it, enjoy it. And it's all free, and we just want to share. Um, so <clears throat> I think that's any other NPCs you wanted to talk about? Um, they kind of. You know uh, what? I do want to talk about some other NPCs. I want to yeah. talk about side characters that just exist in the game as basically Easter eggs. Who's your favorite Easter egg character in the game? Easter egg. Um, see, the problem with the Easter eggs that I've encountered is basically all the corpses. <laughs> uh, okay. Right? So you had the Terminator uh, kind of sure, Easter you egg. Had the Terminator. You had uh, Furioso over in the uh, Biotechnica. corpse. Right. Basically, you come across, uh, you come yeah. across uh, Roy. Roy and... Yeah. Um, My favorite NPC Easter egg in the game. If you go down uh, near Wakoko's place, you actually run into him when you're doing the Judy mission where you have to buy Brain Dance. Uh, he's just a little side thing. Like, he's not actually part of the mission. He's just a Is he Lenny? And he's Lenny fucking Nero. Like, that is his actual name, is Lenny Nero. I never noticed that. Um, I'm looking at him right now on my <laughs> game. He's dude in a slick fucking suit, kind of longish, scruffy hair, dude. I mean, he yeah, he's Lenny Nero from Strange Days. Like that is my favorite uh, damn Easter egg in the game. I didn't even. I just like okay, this is a scumbag NPC. I didn't even think of making that connection. Yeah, I, you wow. know, I didn't either until I like scanned him. And then I was like, it says his name, like, Lenny Nero. Um, I know there's a, a side alley, I think, in Valent Valentino territory in which you get Chappie, or you encounter kind of the crew of Chappie, right? Yeah. I don't, um, so, uh, you know, those, those kind of weird Makes things that you're like, oh, oh, okay, I get this. Um and there's, there's other um, things that I don't I, even get, you know, um, like there's one near Rivers Place in a tunnel with two people dead uh, that they said was an Easter egg. And I'm like, yeah, I've never played that game, so <laughs> don't know what it is or what they're yeah, I came across that and it looked like it should be uh, relevant to something, but I couldn't place it. Yeah, there's, there's um, some videos uh, on YouTube where people are talking about the Easter eggs. Um, I, I've seen a couple of those, and I think they're really kind of, like, stretching on some of those. Yeah. What what I'm really surprised that I haven't seen any of is, uh, like, there's not a lot of reference to the Japanese cyberpunk classics. Like, I would have thought there'd be more of that. Like Matoko. I would have thought we'd seen... I mean, yeah, the obvious Matoko or Bauto. I mean, they're, they're probably there somewhere. I just didn't recognize them at the time bombed over them yeah but like i was expecting to see some dunin or uh some briarios yep uh or some you know some night saber action some pris or some nene somewhere or ida or um, oido yeah cyber city 
like three, yeah, three like criminals working for the cops. That would have been badass to run across. Yep. Uh, and there just wasn't a lot of that. I expected to find a RoboCop reference, and I'm sure there's one in here somewhere. I just you just got to keep I'm on sure. digging it. I, there's, nobody's found it yet, or if they have, they haven't shared it. Um, I have never seen anybody share the Lenny Nero thing before, so yeah. hey, if I'm the first, yay, I Woo! noticed it. I doubt I am the first who noticed it, but I'm glad I did, because Lenny's awesome. There's another thing um, that I found, um, where is it? In, um, by Capricious. Uh, was it in, like, Sixth Street Territory, uh, right across the river, or the canal. Oh, and thank um, you. There's one back alley, uh, er- or one area in which you find like a, a bas- basketball court, and you find a body shoved in to one of the hoops. And to me, I, I, I remember something along those lines, but I can't place it. Um, in which someone was like basically murdered and thrown into, <laughs> dunked basically, into a basketball hoop. Mm. But yeah, th- there's just that those... is not ringing any bells. Yeah. But if we figure it out, it's probably going to make me mad that I didn't recognize it. Yeah, there, there's that just... definitely sounds like something I would watch. And that's a, to me, that's one good thing or great thing about this game is you find these. If you don't explore every fucking inch of this game, um, there's so much you could possibly miss. Uh, like yeah, I said, I mean, this game is humongous. There's gonna be shit that. It, we're not going to find for years. Yeah, we're already at an hour and ten minutes, um, so I don't know if you want to start wrapping up, uh, and we'll probably get to the fluff. I mean, next I, game. I'm not next in any hurry to go anywhere or do All anything. Right. All right. I wasn't sure, so uh, we can continue. I just need to take a quick uh, bio, though. Um, but you can keep on talking. All right. If you want to, I will keep on talking. Um, Be right back. Capricious, thank you for including my uh, Nomad Market stuff in your Vehicles of Red supplement. I, I did see that. I liked it. Um, I, in fact, just downloaded it the other day and was taking a look at it. Uh, apparently, there's been a lot of red stuff that you guys have put out that I hadn't hadn't caught. So I'm trying to get caught up on, on reading that stuff. Um, I... Uh, just as a just as a heads up on the data fortress aspect, uh, I'm running a, a game based on Glass Road, which I've been talking. I've, I've had the little blurb on the website forever now, uh, but hopefully that ends up providing me with all the material and inspiration I need to go ahead and write that source book. Um, I'm getting ready to run another game. Uh, nomad based uh, which will flesh out some other ideas I've had um, I'm running I've got the idea to run a espionage based campaign which will flesh out some ideas on there so hopefully hopefully I'll be able to get inspired enough to overcome the pain and work on some more uh, source books Hey, thanks, Rob. That's good stuff. I'm glad to see you here. Um, yeah, uh, on top of that, 
Um, I'm hoping this uh, podcast I'm doing here with Will goes well. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying it. I'm back. Um, and he's back, so I can stop trying to <laughs> try to fill up my brain of <laughs> jibber jabbering. Never wanted to be a radio host. I mean, sure, I did, but then the idea of I, I'm much better conversationalist conversationalist than I am just like somebody who goes on rants. My rants tend to turn angry if you let me go too long. <laughs> yes. Nobody wants to listen to the old angry dude. Oh come on! The kids to get off his lawn. Everybody loves that. I mean, granted, you're not a boomer. At least that's going for you. I mean, at least at least I've got that going for me. That is true. Gen X in the house. I am neither a boomer nor Karen. Who's in the house? What? Gen oh, X. Gen X. Okay. Sorry, I, I misheard what you were saying there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gen X definitely. Yeah, so, um, other NPCs, so the Pirellas, uh, I thought that was, they have a very political, uh, attitude. Um, I'm surprised they didn't have us killed, or, as a, uh, possible leak. Maybe that's a future DLC. I I very much would have loved to have seen them come after me. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like I said, I, I like the conspiracy theories that are in the game, the ones that come like they, they're proven to be true. I'm I want to find out more about that shit. I'm mad that I didn't get more closure on the Pirellis. Well, I'm mad that you know I don't get to go back into that groovy apartment with all the hidden rooms. Yeah, I, I, I heard or. I forget if I saw it or, or read an article about the game designer who did like the Pirellas and, and some of the other scenarios. Um, basically, that designer said, yeah, real life, you don't always get the answers to, to your questions or nothing always gets solved. So, real life, it's a video yeah. <laughs> have more of that cool freaking espionage, like feeling like a James Bondy super spy in cyberpunk kind of way. And I guess he's I done it done it in uh, The Witcher. I don't even care if I got closure. I just wanted more. Yeah. But he 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 specifically designs his scenarios to leave unanswered questions, right? Which which is great as as a storytelling you um option because you always leave I that mean, option yeah, you of You always want to leave them I I can always more. fill in more, you know. And, and can, but it only it. matters if you do fill in more bastards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of uh, other NPCs. So from NPCs, gangs, right? Uh, what do you think of uh, the gang representation, at least from a 2020, right? So we had the Maelstroms carry over. From a standpoint, um, it's weird that some of these gangs are still around. Like, okay... Maelstrom is my favorite 2020 gang in out there. Like I love Maelstrom, um, but the truth is, is they have a very unsustainable uh, model. <laughs> model, like you're not going to get a bunch of crazy borged out cyber psychos together and have that last for very long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you don't all like 
freaking just die from overdoses and whatnot, eventually the other gangs are going to team up and take you out. That's yep. just the way that goes. Uh, because you're crazy and unpredictable and you're just freaking violence mongers. Which makes you a cool cyberpunk gang, but not one that's going to have much of a lifespan. Yeah, and I th- uh, I can see the tiger claws still existing. Yeah, um, I can definitely see that. I mean, they're basically a Bosuzoka gang. Uh, they get the coolest motorcycles. Yep. Coolest cars. They get the underglow and all the groovy stuff. I, I thought it was interesting how they took the Valentinos to be like this minor gang of you know hipsters and, like, and they turn start them into out this. as freaking like a poser gang, yeah. like like biosculpting themselves to look like Rudolph Valentino. Like that would even be a thing. Like any like even in the eighties when the, or the nineties when the game came out. And turn into like, something yeah, like MS thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, I like I like dealing with the Valentinos. They I mean they're scuzzy, but they're the most they're really the most straightforward of all the gangs outside of nomads. Like they 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 deal some drugs. They uh, deal with some black market materials, maybe some pimping, yeah. but they don't get weird about it. And Whereas the Voodoo Boys, they like went through a whole metamorphosis from what they were in 2020. In 2020, they're like a drug dealing like they white boys a drug <laughs> gang that hang out and in the college zone. Dealing to fucking college kids. Yep. Um, to turn them into a netrunner gang, that's that's kind of a cool cool evolution. It's not where I was taking them. In my game, I was taking them into more like a uh, like in addition to drug dealing, political influence. That's that's where I was going with it. I was kind of basing it on uh, oh, Serpent in the Rainbow. If anybody's seen that, how uh, they use their voodoo powers to yep. gain, uh, basically, yeah, gain influence over people. Um, that's where I was going with it. Uh, yeah, but I is, have to add. yeah, but if you so, think about like the influence, right? Definitely, net running can. Yeah, and, and we've proved even in today's age, right? That yes, the net will influence politics. Uh, will influence power. Oh, absolutely. Power. No, I... Um, so, yes, it's, you, uh, you the, s- What they've done with the Voodoo Boys is something I'm definitely going to uh, start including in mine. And if I ever get the uh, Night City District source book uh, up and going again, if I, when, by the time I get to the Voodoo Boys entry, which I actually have in my head, um, it will it will reflect that. Yeah, so what do you um, think of the new gangs, like uh, the Sixth Street being like ex-vets uh, trying to... I, I like the idea of it. Uh, it's it's a fairly xenophobic gang, so I have no problem killing them. Are um, they xenophobic? Because they're, they're definitely... As I mean, a... they're super nationalist, and I've never seen... I've never mm. come across any group of nationalists that weren't xenophobic. True, but uh, they, I mean, they seem to have straight like, up racist. Yeah, but they're definitely like if you, they're definitely anti-immigrant. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then we have the animals, which I think when the animals were first introduced, uh, there was a lot of uh, backlash to Mike and, and CDPR for that. Um, because they liked the animals. I thought they were... Um, go ahead. Yeah, so I don't know if you you heard of kind of the initial backlash when they when they showed the animals uh i think e3 in 2018 um because some of the members were black they viewed it as okay these are and and you're attacking them oh you're flipped out on cdpr for the weirdest shit yeah like just getting upset and angry and it always seemed to me like, none of the original complaints ever seemed to be genuinely from people who would be upset by them, but more like they were being made by troublemakers just so they could make some trouble and, like, denigrate the groups that they were claiming were offended. Like, it was... Yeah. It, I don't know, it came across this big, weird thing. Like, the whole, uh... Like, the whole trans issue, uh, based on the chick in the ad? Yep. Like that didn't seem to come from anybody who was trans. That, that that came that seemed to me to come from people who were wanting to hurt the trans community um, by saying that they were making up this ridiculous argument. Well, it was just, and I could be wrong about that. I could be dead wrong, but that's the impression that I got from. I really don't want to get into that whole thing. My no, I'm not. I don't want to get into. The, <laughs> My quick statement is there's a lot of people who aren't the ma- marginalized group that are trying to defend the marginalized group, and they're not doing a good enough job, right? Because I think the person who originally said that the animals is horrible because they're portraying black people as being called animals didn't even know Mike Pondsmith was African-American, Right didn't know he was part of, you know, the design of this game or or that he had the voodoo boys and and them being African, well, turning into African-Americans. Did you lose me or did I lose you? I lost you. Because I'm doing this on my phone, occasionally my phone just, like, cuts out of uh, Discord Um, after, like, an hour and a half for some reason. I don't know why. So it's, it's just this... It's these these groups who, I don't know, they just, again, I really don't want to get into it because that's a whole whole different st- subject outside of cyberpunk just, and whatever. But, I don't know where I got cut off. Where did I get cut off? I don't know. When I was talking about um, the person who's saying that uh, the gang of animals having black members is an attack on... Or is a racist yeah, that statement. didn't seem to come from anybody who was <laughs> they were, a minority exactly, and that's what um, I was was saying was that it seems like these marginalized marginalized groups, someone non marginalized people are actually trying to defend these people, um, and I don't think the person who originally it made that like statement they were trying to defend them. It seemed like they were trying to just start some shit. Well, it seemed like. In their minds, like, they're they're trying to defend them, right? And, which is even more that's insulting. That's not the impression that I was getting, though. I was getting the impression that they were just trying to start some shit and using well, using that as an excuse to start shit. 
Like they didn't actually believe what they were saying. Yeah, they were just they were trying to but give if, both parties, both CDPR and these marginalized groups, a bad name. And and again, I'm not this, recalling it accurately, but basically, it boiled down to this cri- white critic was basically saying that the game was racist whether it's cyberpunk 2077 or cyberpunk 2020 it was racist and that critic didn't know that an african-american created the game in the first place and was involved with the creativity of 2077s you know 2077 which to me just my hatred of blew my (laughs) blew my mind of the hypocrisy of it but oh yeah no you just for some reason, it seems like there was like a concentrated, and it still is. There is a concentrated effort to bitch about this game and discredit it, and um, basically just do as much damage to it as possible. Yeah. Oh, let's again. We vented. Let's stay on track and be a little more positive because I know both, like you yeah, and me. I told you, if, you, if you get me <laughs> ranting, I turn into angry old man. I, I told you. I warned you. Exactly. Um, um, but I like the animals. I thought uh, the giant hulking dudes. In fact, I was actually surprised Jackie wasn't an animal because he's about the same size. Like these guys, they can't buy real clothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they, they really they and Maelstrom are the only true booster gangs in the game. Um, everybody else are like drug dealers or just your common street gangs but maelstrom and the animals they will fuck your shit up yeah the other thing that i don't know why it didn't happen but it seemed like the moxes even though they are a gang right i really wanted to see them like have a bigger role like i thought they were one of the of the new gangs that they created they were my favorite i I freaking love them, and they're they're straight out of Cyberpunk 2022, like the original like chick. That that stuff happens in in the 2020 timeline. Yep. But to me, um, it, it seemed like they tried to portray them as they didn't try to portray them as a gang, right? They tried to portray them as this group of protectors of of women, well, and, I'm and, and I'm not a guardian gang. They are a guardian gang, right? But they were very centralized into either Lizzie's or there was this other one, other place that she they guarded. Um, yeah. But, you know, versus... And you would even say Sixth Street could have been a guardian gang, right? Um, but they were still yeah, adversaries. And I'm wondering if because, A... And, and that was the other thing with the Moxes. It seemed it was more all-female than really the concept of no it was all sex workers right and sex workers well, run that. the gamut I mean, there's, there's some dude members of the moxes hell one of them beat your ass up when was that i don't remember that one uh when you're doing the judy mission like you meet in their apartment oh, yeah. and he's got yeah, his, in the cloud uh he was a mox in, though he just he, he was was, was he was he really? Yeah, he's a, he's a mox. He's I don't think he was a mox. Guys. I think he worked at the clouds. He never really became a mox. Because I think mox is huh. one of the ex-workers, right? Um, 
an ex sex worker, right? So, so from my because yeah, Alvarez is, uh, or not Alvarez? Uh, what's her face? The chick Judy has you saved. She's Mox, and she's still a very, very current sex worker. Evelyn? No, she's not a Mox. Um, yeah, Evelyn. She's not a Mox. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Moxes seem to really go out of their way to help her out. Judy goes out of the way to help her out. And I agree that Judy and her have a very interesting relationship. Um, replaying, uh, right now I'm on another replay, but just trying to take in all this stuff, you know, um, and learning about, or, or if you actually go with Judy and you start reading some of the computer stuff, A, Judy's computer and also Mako's computer, you find out that Mako and Judy kind of had this relationship for a while, um, which I thought was oh, I very interesting. Mm, she <laughs> she was a bit uh, a bit evil. She was very satisfying to throw off the roof. Let me let me put it that way. <laughs> yes, yes. As like, a character, I like her as an NP. I like her as a character. I, I hate her as a person. I Love agree. her as a character. Like Agreed. she was. Definitely um, agree on that. The Scavengers. They were a dirty, dirty gang. Oh I, I, I got to the point that I killed Scavengers on site. Oh, yeah. I got to that um, point, too. I'm like... These, like, ooh. These guys need to die. Don't, every single last one of them. Like, yep. Do not suffer a scav to live. Um... Yeah, yeah, they, they they were they were my favorite gang to hate in in the whole game. Like, yeah, they were by far my my most hated enemies. Yeah, I almost forgot about them <laughs> about talking about them. But yeah, I I just you know with, with the first mission, yeah, I kind of didn't like them. Um, but as you learn what scumbags these guys really are uh yeah you just want to wipe them off the face of the earth um there are a lot of scumbags in the game yeah um and, and i think the next group would dr. be dr fingers oh jeez yeah speaking of npcs oh, oh he was God, great dude, is so slimy he was great like I, like I almost feel bad for john waters uh, because the the video game character was such a scumbag, but then again, John Waters is a fucking scumbag himself. So, <laughs> but yeah, just like talking to him, he's constantly like on that little uh, was oh, hand so sanitizer. Creepy. Click, 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 click. What are you talking about? Click, oh. click, 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 click. Yeah, D- just the casual way that he's all like, you know. Sold her to to those guys. I don't care what they do. Blah blah blah. It's not my fault. The world is shit. Blah blah blah. Oh man, I fucking hate that dude. Yeah, fingers. Like, I had to play through that like several times just because I kept beating him to death. <laughs> Supposedly, if you don't punch him, he's actually a good cyber uh, a ripper. Yeah, doc no. For if you. you don't punch him, if if you can hold off on it. He he gives you some good options later on. I have yet but been able to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's just 
oh man he, he once he starts pushing judy's buttons it's pretty much over like i'm just i i i, I just it's so satisfying punching him it really is um so other npc that's actually on the screen right now is uh claire what do you think of her whole arc like I said uh, in the last show, Claire is my favorite female NPC. I wanted to romance Claire. Like I, I liked her more than I liked Pan Am. I liked her more than I liked Judy. I liked her more than I liked a ton of people. I thought she had a interesting arc, although the end of it is kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh but she's also the cutest. Like she's adorable. Yep. Look at that face. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think of some other NPCs. The one NPC that I don't hate as a character, but I hate as a model, is River's sister. Um, yeah. I. I Constantly. Yeah, River's whole family. I I kind of don't like any of them. I don't like the kids. I don't like I don't like his sister. I don't I don't like River. Just well, I mean, I don't like River, but just the rendering of that model of the character was just a shame. Yeah, it's 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 compared to like other she NPCs didn't get the throughout the game that anybody else got. Like anybody who's got a speaking role should have more detail than than river's sister and and my thinking is that river kind of was this afterthought uh with the game designers yeah um that's you know i i kind of get the same feeling and they just rush through it and like okay what are we gonna okay he has a family okay what happens with the family oh let's how are we going to ransom answer? Uh, okay, let's involve a family. Okay, what do we like need in the, the family? Like the bunch of kids and you know a sister because we don't want River to have a kid. Um, but yeah, it, it and every time I look look at that model is just that <laughs> to me. There, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, all this other crap takes me out of the game because something didn't render right. And it's like her and that whole thing kind of lost me in caring about that. The whole river arc just like you said, it seemed tacked on it didn't seem it's just weird and awkward Um, yeah I I think you're right, I think it was just kind of tacked on, I think originally it was nothing more than uh the like you find his nephew situation. Yep. And then afterwards they they realized that, you know they needed a male love interest and so they just kinda tacked him into it. Uh yeah, it definitely does not feel as polished as, as the rest of uh the love interests in the game. Yeah. Um, speaking of two other NPCs that I f- we completely skipped over is uh, T-Bug and uh, Dexter. So, what are your opinion on Dexter? I thought Dexter was fantastic. I, I, I agree. I hate the way it ends with Dexter. Um, 
But I think as the representative of your stereotypical fixer, I think he's perfect. He comes across as, you know, as, as sleazy but knowledgeable. Like, that's... He comes across as the guy you kind of want to work for because he at least knows his shit. Yep. Um, T-Bug, I thought was a really... I would have liked to have seen much more with T-Bug than what we got. I agree. Um, I actually like T-Bug more than Jackie. Uh, I thought she had a better personality. She came across as... Uh, she came across as, like, on the spectrum. Um, and I'm pretty sure she was supposed to. Uh... And it made her a stronger character for it. I, I liked the dialogue you had with her where she doesn't seem to really get the uh, interpersonal aspects of things as much as, you know, the straightforward... Yeah, I, I like T-Bug a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm in total agreement with that. Uh, I think, you know, Dexter definitely was the fixer of hey i'm gonna do a thing and you, you guys are gonna do a job for me and guess what you f you fucked that job up i'm gonna put a bullet in your head and, <laughs> and and call it quits um and yeah. t-bug yeah definitely like, you brought down the heat on me you're gonna die now no hard feelings and t-bug being a netrunner who's kind of isolated from the world right who who doesn't understand. Yeah, I mean, it made sense. Yeah, I actually saw of, of because after I did a playthrough, right? Then I started watching videos and things like the Easter eggs. And one um, YouTuber actually found supposed T Bug's body, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Um, so before I even did the heist, before even T Bug died, I went to that same exact location, and the same body was dead there. <laughs> so like. That's not T-Bug. I don't think you'll ever find nope. T-Bug's body. Which is sad. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. You don't find T-Bug's body because, well, she was discovered by the police or paramedics or whatever. When you talk to uh, one of the uh, chip salesman, salespeople, the chick who, like that circle, I don't, I don't remember what it's called yep. off the top of my head. Uh, but if you go in there, she's all like, they found her body. She was fried out blah 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 yep it must have been a horrible way to go yeah um so yeah i mean her body was found by the authorities it's, yeah it's not something they're just going to toss in a dump somewhere yeah and to get into the whole um nbc thing with especially with the cops the one thing i did like uh throughout this game and i don't know if you noticed it but some of the scenes in which you completed a mission or, you know, did a police action, uh, if you go back to that same location, there's actually police there with, There'll like, body cops. bags. Yeah. yeah. And there's body bags and crime scene and all this fun stuff, which I thought was a great detail to the game. Um, I agree. It was, it was good. So we're about hour and 40 minutes. Um... Anything else we want to talk about NPCs? Um, let me see. Who who might have we forgotten? Um, going through my phone list here. Lizzie Wizzy. Uh, what did you think about old Lizzie Wizzy? 
was interesting. Yeah, so so let's talk about the Rockers, right? We had Lizzie Wizzy and um, oh, what the hell is that? Crack. Uh, us Crack, right? So Lizzie Wizzy. Us crack. Yeah. <laughs> she's definitely gone cyber psycho. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a good portrayal of somebody like slowly going cyber psycho. I I appreciated. Um, it. I agree that I she should have killed her boyfriend because he was trying to kind of change her per- personality. And yes, uh, as yeah. a cyberpunk character, I would have done the same thing, except how she, how she was afterwards and when she started going off the deep end. Uh, that's when I was like, it was, oh, it was another. Another one of those things that we don't get to, we don't get to know how that ends up being. Yeah, and just no, no, no closure on that. But it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Um, U.S. Cracks, on the other hand, I adore those girls. I I very much adore those girls. Like they sing my favorite songs in the soundtrack, other than the other than the uh, end title sheet. version of. Uh, Never fade away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pon pon shit. I'm all about pon pon shit. <laughs> um, that song is so ridiculously upbeat. Yeah, my first uh, playthrough, I didn't get to do uh, Blue Moon's mission because I didn't know <laughs> there was a mission afterwards because of how that whole arc with Johnny kind of was like. I don't know. It seemed late in the game, from from a main story point yeah. of view. So it, it was. It, it takes place real late in the game. Yeah, and the and the problem with that with that whole setup is there's days and days in which you need to let shit happen. And you know, my first playthrough, I I, I saved like that whole thing, and I really didn't even get into carry too much. And then I find out, oh, yeah, you know, like when I was looking at the video, you know, after I did my first playthrough, I started like looking at videos for like, you know, oh, Easter eggs and, and fun stuff like that. And like I saw this thing called, oh, the Blue Moon mission. And I'm like, what the hell is the Blue Moon mission? I didn't do that. And find out, oh, you have to complete all of Carrie's stuff. And then several days later, you get to, you know, deal with the with the us cracks. Um yeah, and our crazy stalker. Vampire Bite says I wanted Blue Moon to be a romanceable option too. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Really. Um, I mean I kinda wanted to romance the entirety of us crack and like getting a three way <laughs> with them, four way. Uh I wanted a foursome, instead I got a handsome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the one thing about, like, the whole Blue Moon was it kind of hinted it afterwards, which is another bad thing about that whole yeah, mission. Yeah, again, is, you never get closure <clears throat> on this stuff. Well, you, but you have a dial... So after you save her from that crazy fan, she texts you, uh, like, a yeah, day later. Yeah, a bit of a dialogue. Yeah, and you're like, okay, I've already finished everything, and now that, you know... There's this one other thing that now I have to keep on playing to figure out. And again, you might miss it, you know, it, with your first playthrough. Um, yeah. If you don't do it right. I mean, my first playthrough, 
on my Nomad character, which is the most important one it would have been for, like, I completely missed the uh, Scorpion's funeral. Just completely missed it. I, I still haven't been able to get to the Scorpion's f- funeral. Uh, how do you... How do you... How does it happen? Um, it's in between... It, it happens before Riders of the Storm. Like, in between... Uh, in between the time that uh, you... Like, get... Like, rescue... Uh, yeah. The dude. And Riders on the Storm. Apparently, dude is... Like, the Nomad... Scorpion's partner, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, Mitch. He's supposed to call you and invite you to uh, Scorpion's funeral. You show up, you do the funeral thing, apparently, and you get um, the only iconic knife in the game. Hmm. So I I have missed out on the... Yeah, I missed out on the iconic knife. Can't get it back. Um, I originally missed out on the... There's a katana that you get from doing the... uh, uh, raid Kashiwagi Hotel or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, where you have to go upstairs, Kompeki Yeah, you got to go onto the roof, and there's a yeah Kompeki Plaza. You go onto the roof, and uh, there's a katana in the car in the AV. Um, luckily there was a glitch that you could get back into the building and go up and get it. Yep, and that glitch has now been patched. Yes, it has. Because I, I so, did it with my first playthrough, my character. Oh, I didn't know about that, and where's that glitch? Yeah. Um, I couldn't get off the route very well. <laughs> Kept on dying. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, th- I mean, there's there's things like that that kind of annoyed me with the game, is that you can't go back to the scene of the crime, basically. Um, yeah, you can't replay the missions. I don't know why you can't replay the missions in this game. Mm. Um, you should be able to because yeah. some of them were just freaking fun as hell and having to play through the whole mission or the whole game to get to that mission sucks Yeah, and, and during my first playthrough it, it, there's always that sense of urgency right and, and from a first playthrough you yeah. don't know oh yeah I know this person is telling me we need to get this done quickly but no I can <laughs> go throughout this whole building collect everything, and then continue the mission, and it doesn't affect uh, anything. So mm-hmm. I always took it as like this sense of urgency that that really wasn't a game mechanic. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't help things that, uh, you know, some things you can just put off forever, and then other things are time-sensitive, and if you leave the area during the mission, it fails, and you can never go back and do it again. Yeah. Um, like the shooting gallery challenges. If you if you don't do those when you first open them up, you're screwed. You just you just fail them. Yeah. Um, or even the the initial boxing. So don't do them by accident. Robot, you can easily yeah uh, ignore it. Oh yeah, no. I, both my secondary playthroughs, I've missed being able to fight the thing because I was trying to uh, I was just trying to get to the gun store. Yep. Um. And by going into the gun store first, and then leaving, when I came back, you can no longer fight the robot. And especially all the missions that start with, like, calls was a problem. Because if you're, like, Uh, in the middle of something, and you get a call, and you accidentally hit F, 
or or do something else stupid you know the whole call could just be canceled and oh well maybe you got the call maybe you accepted you don't yeah, know you miss out um which kind of was annoying so uh we're about hour and 15 minutes you think we got all the npcs We got all the ones that matter. Yeah. I all mean, right. there's like a couple of hundred NPCs in the game. Um, all right. But it's not like we're never going to talk about the game again as long as we're doing this podcast. It's, yeah. We can still come back to it. Yeah. So I think um, for the next few, uh, I, some of the subjects we're going to be talking about in future uh, is fluff, which is going to encompass uh, environment, story music, uh, the news broadcasts, and gear. Uh, another topic we're going to talk about is the gameplay. So graphics, the controls, the combat, net running, um, and other aspects within Angry gameplay. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll come up with a, a conclusion and recommendation, or, or our recommendation of whether or not you should play this game. Um, and just our overview of what it is so i think three more about podcast podcasts will be done with uh 2077 and then we'll start getting into things like uh cyberpunk red uh, review uh possibly other like movie reviews i think we were thinking about um sure. just anything cyberpunk related anything yeah. we can even tangentially like rope into being like adjacent to cyberpunk 2020 yep so uh, I guess we'll wrap this up. So I'm CyberSmiley from uh, CyberSmiley Data Fort. You can come there at CyberSmiley.net. Uh, i kind of been doing quite a bit of uh, bug fixes and a few minor tweaks to the site uh, this past month. I think my mania has kind of been pushing me. Um, one of the things you guys can be looking for is I took the uh, headline uh, news items from the Night City Sourcebook as well as Red and kind of expanded that list and I'm going to create a automated generator for headline news uh, so expect that, that within the next awesome. yeah so expect that within a couple of uh, weeks I mean granted that the titles you'll get will definitely need a little bit of work like introducing a specific corp and maybe rephrasing the, the full title but uh, it should help with uh, generating like news items. And also, I just told uh, Wisdom here that I'm introducing some of the uh, Interlock Unlimited character generation and some of the life path uh, options there uh, and to the life path options for the Cyberpunk 2020 character as well as the uh, life path generator. Um, Sweet! So, turning it off to you. Uh, I'm Wisdom, Derek Bernier of Data Fortress 2020. Um, I told you earlier in the rant uh, when Will was doing his bio that uh, uh, the things I'm working on for Data Fortress. um, I will say uh, this, I'm not very comfortable doing this, but um, it's about ready it's about time to re-up the uh, hosting plan for Data Fortress 2020. Uh, anybody who's interested in making a donation can go to 
any of the Data Fortress sites, the blog, the site itself, the forum, the file archive, whatever. Uh, and there will be a link there. Uh, nothing compulsory. Just it's coming. Um, other than that, I hope to uh, be bringing out some new material soon. And uh, thank you all for listening to us. And just a quick shout out to uh, Rob Mulligan and uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored at cyberpunkuncensored.com. Thanks for hosting us on their Twitch channel. Uh, and we'll see you guys in about two weeks. Have a good night. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah.